Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, John, and I'm joined, as always, by Johnston for the first of two episodes this week. This is our big fight reaction show a little later in the week due to the fact that yesterday we saw Naoa Anue just completely reign supreme, moving up a weight, destroying Stephen Fulton Jr. in what was a really tentative affair at times, and we'll talk about that, of course, in more detail. But first, we wanted to also cover the Maxi Hughes and George Cambosis Jr. fight from the weekend as well. Highly controversial outcome in that particular fight, and that's the main talking point to start this show off with, guys, because it, in some people's eyes, this was a complete robbery, and I'm really interested, Johnston, to hear your thoughts and feelings on this, because we haven't really spoke about this fight. We've spoke about a new A, you know, off, off the air and, and not recorded, but we haven't spoke about this one, so I'm really interested to hear off the bat, like what your reaction was after seeing the fight with Hughes and Cambosis. Did you think it was a complete robbery or did you think it was could have gone either way? Or how what was your feeling at the end of this fight? I thought I thought Maxi won the fight. Um I think he took it quite early. He took a quite a substantial lead and then Cambosis started to come back in. He did have that last round off Hughes, um, which was a problem because he he shouldn't have done that. I think he thought he had it in a bag and should never do that. You should try and win that round. Although he, he was ahead enough for me to understand why he did it, because you know it's, he's won the fight. Um, unfortunately for him, it ended up in disaster. I mean, one of the cards was ridiculous anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, it, this is this is this is the thing with with these fights. Is there, there were moments where it was close, yes, but for me, I don't think it was, it was a no brainer. Maxi won the fight, and and it, it, it has it been robbed? Yeah, he has, because he's gone out there and. You know, he's gone to America and, and he's come back short because of the fact is is that he was the guy that was supposed to be allowed for someone like Cambosis Jr. to win the fight. And he produced... He was better. He was the underdog. But he, he was the better fighter. He deserved the win. And 
I did a fantastic analogy as well when it comes to boxing. Like, you know, how much we moan about boxing, Sean, with, with judges and scorecards and, and just what boxing is at the minute at times when you watch it and you find yourself just scratching your head and figuring out how the hell has he not won that fight? Well, it's, it's like this, this great analogy where if you were to get with a porn star and then every time she came home smelling of man, you got the ump of it. And that is boxing. That is a fantastic analogy. And that is boxing. That's what it is. And poor old Maxie, He's on the receiving end of a shit result. Yeah, he was on the receiving end of a shit result. And I watched the fight the next day, and I watched it without knowing the result. And I tend to do that with the, the early morning fights, unless it's that big of a fight that I will genuinely stay up. Or maybe maybe I'll get up early in the morning for it. But this particular one, I wanted to watch without knowing the result. And I did, and I managed to succeed in doing so with that. And when I watched the fight back, uh, I honestly thought Maxie had took the win, and I thought, it's probably going to be close, but he's going to get this and he deserves it. And, and some of the work in those earlier rounds were quite comprehensive and cleaner. Uh, and he made Cambosis at times look average. And I thought, actually, Cambosis isn't really having a good night here. And Maxi is, is, has been underrated by them and underestimated by them a little bit. And by the end of the fight, I was like, he's, he's got it. But then there was always that sneaking suspicion. There was always that doubt in me because of how we've seen these things go in the past. There was always that doubt, of, oh, maybe it'll end up being a draw. And I actually thought that might be the worst case for him. I genuinely didn't think uh, Cambosis would get the nod. I really didn't. The scorecards uh, were competitive. Two of them were competitive. The 114-114 draw, I could have said, yeah, maybe. Maybe you could you could argue that. The 115-113 for Cambosis, I thought, was the other way around for Maxi. But the 117-111 card for Joseph Mason was was really poor. And, and that's what really marred the fight and caused a lot of controversy with people because it's like, how can you see a fight so clearly to one fighter when it was so highly competitive that the other two judges, one had it a draw and the other had it only two rounds in it. So it just goes to show you, like, what was that one judge watching and, and why are they not being held accountable for it? Because it's now, you know, it's cost Maxi a potential opportunity, you know, at the IBF title. So for me... It's, it's a shame for him because he's gone over there and he's done everything that's been asked of him and yet he's come up short. I hope he still gets a big fight off the back of this because they're not going to change the decision, let's be honest. We know it's not going to happen. I mean, this wasn't as bad as Catterall and Taylor. I still think Catterall-Taylor was, no. was the biggest daylight robbery I've seen in the past 25 years of watching this sport. But I still think it was controversial. I still think Maxi should have got the nod. And I just hope he manages to still get a big fight out of this now because... I think he's proven that he's a difficult operator and, and he he finds a way to, to negate an opponent's strengths. And I think that's what he did against Cambosis. But then Cambosis started to figure him out later on. And I think that's why, why the judges started to make it more competitive uh, as, as the later rounds went on. But if you look at some of the pundit scorecards, I think there was one scorecard, I can't remember whose it was, um, and it was 117-111 for Maxi going into the end of the fight. And I thought... Well, yeah, okay, I can I can accept that. I thought it was closer than that. But, you know, even if the, the so-called paid experts are having it the opposite way as well, and then the judges completely go against that, to me, I think it was it was quite obvious Maxi won the fight, and I think he's just been done over. It's not the worst robbery I've seen, but I still consider it a robbery. I just hope he gets a big fight still, because Cambosis now has clearly made his intentions very plain that he isn't going to be taking no rematches here and that he wants to move on and he felt like he won the fight and he said he was competitive himself and he's put a statement out so he ain't going to go for this rematch Max is going to be like one of those guys who nobody really wants to take on anymore because he's becoming a very 
low reward and a very high risk, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the trouble, isn't it? That's that's what's sort of hurt Maxi now, is it? He gets an opportunity, uh, he wins the fight. I think many of us believe that he won the fight and, and boxing has, has, has ruined it. I mean, the fact is, is it's so difficult because you don't want to, I don't want to be spending all this time sort of moaning at the judges. I, I, you can't because it's just, it's, it's how the sport is. No matter how many fights do we go through week in, week out, Sean, where, where this, it crops up. It happens. It happens all the time. And we can moan about it as much as we want. And you can have people that will jump on their social media networks and rant and moan about it till the sun comes up. But the trouble is, is that's boxing. It's the only sport in the world where somebody can win a fight and everyone can feel quite comfortably that that man won the fight and then he not win it because somebody decides that they don't feel that he has done enough. So it's the incompetency of, of judging. And what, do you know what? It's not even the incompetency of judging either because maybe some of these judges, it, it's just what they see is completely different to us. And, and is it is it those brown envelopes that old Frankie Bruno spoke about with Don King? Is it the brown envelopes and, and the whores um, that are um, sorting out the judges? Who knows? Look, do you know what? Probably. The conspiracies are there. There's, there's loads of it around in the business it stinks sometimes and unfortunately Maxi now is in a position where he's lost the fight although he won it and uh, he probably isn't going to get those paydays because no one will stay away from him so he's in a proper shit position really isn't he um he, I, I don't know what to say I, I feel sorry for, for Maxi Hughes really I do um it, was it a robbery I, I think it's close to one I think it was close to one Sean but um yeah some people just it does make you laugh you know when there's a robbery, we scream about it, but then we're watching again next week. We're watching this weekend in, and and hoping there isn't a controversy again. But it's just it's just how it goes, mate. It it, it really is. And um, sometimes you just got to just put the bullshit away and just watch and, and enjoy a fight, no matter of the result. Sometimes it's it's horrible for Maxi, though. I, I do feel for the fella. Well, I think if I'm thinking about his future now, and I think what fight would be good for him, what fight potentially could happen. Now, there's one fight that springs out to me that I think was talked about prior to this fight happening. That was the fight with Ryan Garcia. With Ryan Garcia coming off the back of a loss to Javante Davis and Maxi Hughes coming off the back of this loss, Ryan Garcia needs a way to propel himself back into the limelight. If he stays in the weight, of course, he's still listed in the weight yeah. at the moment. He's still ranked in the weight. So there's no saying uh, a, a fight between those two won't happen because it was proposed it was proposed earlier on this year that that was going to be the fight that happens but instead we got Cambosis so there's there's still a big fight for him in Ryan Garcia and I still think there's a big payday and I think he's a risky fighter for Garcia as well I still think he's he's a fighter where I think Garcia would come out of it with a lot of credit and I think Maxi Hughes if he won it it would just propel him back into a position to argue for a, for a rematch with Cambosis and also argue for a fight with Secure Stevenson and I think I think that's what he needs to do I think he's shown yeah. again he is it that he is he's top ten level. He is top ten level. No matter what people say now, I think he's top ten level in the lightweight division. He's he's proven it. Regardless of the fact that the result on paper didn't go his way, he's proven it. So for me now he deserves a fight. And I think maybe a Garcia fight would be a good lucrative fight for him because Garcia will bring the fans over in America if he goes back there again, Maxi Hughes, and he gets the money for it. So I think that, that would be my fight. If I was if I was matchmaking now, I'd say Garcia fight. Why not? Both coming off the back of a loss. Both obviously got something to prove. Still something to prove for Hughes. And Garcia needs to bounce back and show that he's still, you know, at this level, wants to compete with the big guys and the big names of the division. So 
that would be my matchmaking fight for Maxi Hughes. But what about Cambosis as well? What about him? What does he do next? Well, it makes him mandatory for the IBF crown now after winning this fight because it was an IBF eliminator also. Now, it puts him in good position for a really good fight. And obviously with Devin Haney being the man at the top of the tree, will he get that rematch at this moment in time? I'm not so sure he will straight away. So what does Cambosis do? So my question is, Johnston, Maxi Hughes, Ryan Garcia, logical fight. That's my first question to you. My second question, where does Cambosis go? Yeah, I mean, Cambosis, again, I mean, he's he's in and around the, the top half, you know, top 10, top 15 in the world, a bit like uh, Maxi, to be fair, after his performance. I don't think there's much doubt in that. I mean, there's several fighters out there that potentially be uh, uh, breaking into that uh, sort of top 10, top 15. But let's be honest, he's it's, it's a stacked division. There's some, some elite fighters and the rest are sort of hustling. I mean, Frank Martin's not a bad fight as well. Frank Martin, obviously, 18 and 0, um, with, um, uh, in, funny enough, uh, Spencer... Spence's Errol Spence's gym, isn't it? He works with uh, Derek James and Anthony Joshua and all those guys. So, um, and he's eighteen and zero. Um, he never looks quite fantastic for me, but he's a fighter that you know he he's obviously on his way up. It'd be a great fight for him to get someone like a Cambosis, and it'd be a, a, it's probably the level where Cambosis is at. Um, so I'd look at that, and again, you know, the Garcia Cambosis is another one, and obviously Maxi can he secure those fights? I mean, Frank Martin eighteen and zero. If he was to take on a Maxi Hughes, for instance, and beat him, he'd get a lot more credibility for that win now considering how he performed against Cambosis Jr. So it's just a matter of will will these guys have the, the balls to go in there and fight someone that's a bit awkward and a bit tricky and can and you can lose to. Um just because he's lost a few a few more fights than anyone else. Some people just want to protect that oh, didn't they, Sean? Um but you, I mean the fact is Cambosis Haney free, that I, I can't see that happening anytime soon. I think, you know, Haney eventually I think he'll um he will move up whether he sticks around or not. Um, so th- there's going to be belts up for grabs. Uh, so Campbell's has put himself in line. Maybe when he wins a title, he may then offer Maxi a rematch. I doubt it. I just feel sorry for him. But um, it's interesting, though. I mean, the way it's developed, I think there's a lot of... I mean, even Isaac Cruz, another tough fighter in the division. Um, I think he's... You, know, you find the Mexicans don't don't hold around. There's a Peter could even take on a Maxi as well. There's a few names out there that I believe have... Look at Maxi, for instance, and say, do you know what? He's probably beaten Cambosis and now if I beat him which I've got more chance than most than than other fighters then maybe I'll take that fight and it actually gives me more credibility a bit like Wilder when he fought Helenus Helenus got a lot of credibility for his two wins against Gornacki and then um, obviously got absolutely rendered by Wilder but everyone now has Wilder fire up on the ranking so it's, 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 it's up to the, the, the team and, and the fighters and, and trying to... Obviously, them big titles are not going to come. I mean, what's happening with Haney now, Sean? I don't even know. He's holding them all at the minute. Um, Stevenson in the pipeline? I don't know. I'm not too sure. Well, let's talk about the other fight of the weekend, Johnston. Well, wow. we are talking about big fights because we've got another big fight coming up in another preview for Spence versus Crawford. But to set the week alight for us, yesterday, Tuesday, we got to see... Inoue versus Fulton Jr. And both of us really struggled with this fight, trying to predict it. And I know the one thing I said at the end of the episode was, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes either way because there's a potential for either man to win this fight, given it was 50-50. But I'll be honest, I didn't expect Inoue to be so dominant throughout the course of the fight. And I was a bit unsure about Fulton's tactics. He was very wide in his stance when he started off. He was he seemed to be off balance quite a lot during the fight, and I think Anue knew that. And and he, when he put the pressure on him throughout the course of the fight, 
it's like Fulton was constantly off balance all the time and he couldn't reach and couldn't get inside in the range towards Inoue. And that, that was one of the problems I saw for Fulton straight away early on in the fight. And I thought the first four or five rounds, it was just Inoue. I just didn't really see much from Fulton. But then I think round six was where I started to feel like Fulton started to get into range, started to land things, started to open up a little bit more. And I think Inoue wanted that. He wanted the opportunities to come and ultimately... By round eight, the opportunity came and he caught him with a great overhand shot and finished it off with a jumping left hook to finish the fight. And obviously there was... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The count. The standing count. And then he just finishes it off completely. That's it. He's done. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how quickly it ended because you kind of knew something was coming. You knew it was brewing. But I just suppose it, for me, it just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere at the time when it happened. And then all of a sudden, the fight had shifted on his head. And, and I honestly didn't think Fulton get up from, from the knockdown anyway. But to get up and and to try and carry on and fight his back off the corner. I'll give him the credit for that. But he just didn't seem to get going at all, Fulham. And I just don't know what went on with him in, in this fight. Did he underestimate the speed of Inoue? It kind of felt like maybe they did because he just didn't seem to be able to cope with it. Or was it just Inoue? He's, he's just that good that he's now proving yet again, even moving up at the weight, that he, he's just another generational talent. You know, we've got many of them at the moment when you think of, like, Alexander Usyk, who was just able to move up with ease and pick up titles. Inoue now is a champion in, in four different weights and now holds two titles in this division. And effectively, we've talked about him potentially cleaning up this division as well. But what did you think of it, Johnston? Like, what, did you think Fulham's tactics were not what you expected, given how much you'd seen of him and, and how much you'd raved about him as well, thinking you know his boxing ability would be something that Inoue would probably struggle with? Yeah, um, look, I, th- I think... The one thing we've got to say is Fulton Jr. is an exception fire. He's, he's a fantastic boxer and he will beat many guys in this division. In fact, he'll probably beat the rest. Unfortunately, Anoue is in his division. And Anoue, as you say, is a generational talent, this kid. And it's almost like he went in there on Tuesday and, he, and he, he showed us, he shut up a lot of us by saying, how dare you, how dare you even think that anyone is going to trouble me? 
it is literally like that. He just put, not only did he make a statement in that fight, he put explanation marks, underlined it, double underlined it. He was an expert in ring violence against Fulton Jr. Absolutely superb, Sean. The jab was so good. Um, Fulton didn't know what the hell to do. He was too fast. His footwork, he was aggressive. The way he can throw combinations coming forward, I've never seen anything like it. It is exceptional. And it is literally, it's almost like this guy is telling the world that, you know, you want to rave and you want to argue about who the pound for pound best is. I know we've got a big fight coming up this weekend. There's an argument for one of these two, if not both. This man, for me, has made an absolute statement because Fulton is not a he's not a shit fighter. He's, he's, he's very close to being elite. If he was round in any other generation, he would he would be clearing up this division. He would. If he knew he wasn't now. It's quite simple. It is. He's that good, Sean. Um, I, I question the power. I mean, this guy was 108 pounds when he first started, and he's absolutely demolished Fulton. Fulton was feeling them digs from the very off, from the very first punch. And you said it, Sean. You said, I will know from the moment he, he gets hit with something then I will know how this fight's going to turn out. From the first round, from the first punch, you knew and knew he was in complete control. The irony of it was, was Fulton Jr. was, he, he, he couldn't deal with it. But then he had his best round in the seventh. He landed a lovely shot before that. And it didn't, it, it did, I wouldn't say it hurt Inoue. I think it did. I think he probably stunned him a tiny bit. But he just got that ability to just, just brush it off within half a second. He recoveries it immaculate. And it was almost like he said, right, he's done me that seventh round. I am going to allow this fight to turn. And he didn't. And he come out there, as you say, Sean, you were sort of expecting it. But then I think we thought, oh, maybe Fulton might be able to come back, back into this. I thought he won the seventh round, the best round, and the only round he really had. I thought maybe he can shift this. Maybe he can win eight and nine. And, and this can be the fight we were thinking of. But Anoue put it to bed, Sean, didn't he? Stunning right hand. And then the left, the left as he was on his way down, was incredible. And credit to Fulton, the way he managed to get to his feet. And then, obviously, the finish is one of the best finishes in the game is Inoue. And, and it's just so mad how you watch them fights in Japan and how quiet the atmosphere is and just the applause and you hear the corners, you hear the floorboards and you just see the man go to work. It's just so respectful and important just gets a clap. Tell our Fulton who's next because that's what it is. It's what it is, Sean. There's like a line of these fighters keep sending them in and Inoue's going to blaze them away. There's no one in any division if you if if every man had the same body, the same weight, the new beats them all, Sean. He, I'm not even joking. This guy, for me to even doubt him, he has literally shut me right up because uh, he's head and shoulders above anyone in this division, division above, and potentially pound for pound, mate. I'm telling you, there's no one with his skill, Sean. No one with his skill set and no one with his power. You mentioned Manny Pacquiao. It's like Golovkin. What Golovkin was like middleweight, but this guy's doing it through the divisions. Like I, I can't even speak highly enough for him. An absolute monster. And as I say, he is the expert of ring violence right now. Where do you put him now in the top 10 pound for power rank? Number one. Number one. Number one. And I know we've got a big fight coming up, and I'm not getting overexcited by it, but if Inoue was the same weight as any of them two guys, and don't get me wrong, we're talking elite. Those three, these three, Inoue, Spence and Crawford, are all elite. And yes, I talk about Shakur Stevenson. He will be. if He's close to being now, and he will be. And it, and the same with Bam Bam as well, but for me, a new way. Oh, I mean, even uh, I just I, honestly, I can't like the way he just just writ off Fulton like he was just an average opponent. He was an average, Sean. You we we discussed it high, and we couldn't decide, and we were giving so many 
this guy is ter- is a tremendous fighter. He is, he is, and and he will come back. But he come up a cropper against just uh, there's no one better. Seriously, I mean, we, we we spoke about Ennis the other week. Ennis is so good in his division, but I think Anure, if they were the same way, Anure would beat him and all. And I think that'd be. I think the only way Anure loses is when he comes up against a big puncher in a weight that he's too small for. I think that's the only one. I'm not saying he's get knocked out, but I think that will be where you will see the chinks in the armour. Other than that, mate, there's no one going to trouble him. I'd like to see him fight Casimiro. I think that would be a that would be a great fight. I mean, Casimiro doesn't necessarily hold a title at the moment, but it is a fight that's been touted for probably the last three or four years. Joe Real Casimiro, John Real Casimiro, should I say, not Joel. He's the he's a banger. He's a banger that we want to see Anui in the ring with. But is he at a point now where he's too battle worn, too shot worn to potentially keep that? level of, of, of tenacity up in a fight against someone like a Neo Inoue. But look at his resume. You know, the last sort of seven or eight fights back to back, he's just been absolutely phenomenal himself. So I really want to see that fight. I really do. And that's the next fight in this division that I want to see with Neo Inoue. And and I'm not, it's not because I, I, I'm, I'm writing him off and I think, well, what's he going to do against another big puncher like himself? I want to see it. I want to see what he does against him. I'm not I'm not even doubting the fact that he, he, he can't win this fight because I think he can, but I just want to see how he does it. How does he systematically break Casemiro down? Because for me, he's he's the other fighter in this division who's an absolute danger man like Anue. Then you've got Luis Nere, and then you've got Ahmed Alayev as well in there, and he's another great fighter who I think I'd like to see Anue in the ring against. But I don't think it's going to take him very, very long, Anue, to clean up this division. I think if the fights can be made and he can pick up the other two titles in the division... I don't think he'll be sticking around for too much longer. I think he'll be moving up and then we're going to featherweight. And then you think of the featherweight division at the moment. Oh my God, how competitive is that featherweight division at the moment? You know, you've got the likes of Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara. You've got the likes of Ray Vargas up there. You've got the likes of Luis Alberto Lopez, Josh Warrington. I mean, you wouldn't put it out of the realms of the possibility of him being able to go up to that division as well and cause absolute nightmares for them. And and this is what a superstar is. It's what a generational talent is. It's somebody like Adela Hoya. It's somebody like Amani Pacquiao who can move up through the weights and still carry up that speed, that tenacity, that power to a level where they're able to beat guys that are naturally bigger than them. And and I said it in the episode preview in this fight. I remember Pacquiao destroying Adela Hoya. And you think about the way Pacquiao would come up through the weights to get to, to that weight against De La Hoya. Yeah, it was, it was an aged De La Hoya and probably a weight-drained De La Hoya, but still, it's still De La Hoya nevertheless. And he batted him for about eight rounds, completely from bill at a post. And you think if Pacquiao can do it coming up through the weights, I don't have any doubts that Neo Inoue can do it as well. And it's exciting now because he's now, he's fast becoming my favourite fighter. Um, oh, yeah. He, he really is, Johnston. He's fast becoming my favourite fighter at the moment. And I just think, there's just no bullshit with him whatsoever. You don't go on social. You don't go on social, DR, and you don't read about him the way you read about like a Canelo or anybody like that. Like you always see, oh, Canelo's going to go to cruiserweight. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. You don't see any of that shit with Inoue. You literally just hear when he's fighting and who he's fighting, and you want to tune in to see what happens. And this is what I like about Inoue and his team. They're very guarded with what they do. They're very close with what they do. There's no bullshit rumours going around all the time, other than obviously the the instance with the, the, the plaster casting stuff and the way they were taping. I mean, that that was sort of quelled and, and dispelled straight away anyway. But other than that, he, for me, he's, he's fast becoming my favourite fire. And also as well, I mean, uh, 
I, I think that is it Tapeles or Tapeles, or you pronounce his name. He was in the ring, really. So they want that fight in November, and that will make him undisputed. And you know, the the Americans have to say, you know, he had a cup of coffee at that weight. I think he has a cup of tea at this weight, Sean. I do. I think I think he fights that Tapeles. I think he does him. I think he knocks him out, or at least he wins. He will knock him down. He will absolutely destroy the guy. And it's no no disrespect to him. I mean, he's thirty seven and three. He's, he's come off a good win himself, but Anuwe will will deal with him. And then from there, if there's if there's a cry for anyone within that division, whether it be Akmadayev or or even a Lewis Neri from the Japanese, because you know that's just that's where he's from. That's where he's huge. He's absolutely massive in Japan. He's not necessarily on the west side of of the of the world, and and we don't know him as well unless you really love your boxing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he will. I think he will clear up. He will become undisputed. And the, the irony of it is, is if Terence Crawford doesn't win on Saturday night. You know, Terence Crawford has got the potential to become in the first two-time undisputed champion in two different divisions. The first ever in the four what in the four belt era. If he's unsuccessful and Spence does become undisputed at Worldweight, that leaves the potential for Anuwe in November to become the first. And I, you know what? I won't put it past him. I think I'm, you know we'll come to that later. I do think Crawford may just get it, but. Anuay could be quite on his heels to come become an undisputed in that weight, in, in two different weights as well. And then I still, Sean, I mean, you talk about the featherweight. I do think he don't stick around for long in this weight because the featherweight division has got a lot more bigger guys and the the results will be incredible. I mean, could you imagine Anuay against Lara, for instance? I mean, that would be beautiful to watch, wouldn't it? Even Lopez, you know, how, how awkward that guy is. Could he do it? I think he does, Sean. I think he goes into this division. I think he clears up. I, I, honestly, this this guy's. Uh, if if there's anyone that hasn't been watching him, you know, just just get yourself online, watch all of his fights, get on the bandwagon because he's a star. He is a star. He is a great star, and we're really looking forward to seeing how these move up in divisions go. And if he does clean up, and it's exciting to be a fan when you're getting to watch the no nonsense with someone like a new age. So. We're really, really he's like, looking. He's like Golovkin, isn't it, Sean? Golovkin yeah. was like, wasn't he? No nonsense. And I love that. That's what we love that. Just, just even, that's why I love that uh, Alexis Aguero. He was always one of my favourite fighters when I wasn't in his era. But just the no nonsense, give me a fight, I'll fight you, I'll bat you, and I'll leave, and everyone's going to love me. <laughs> I will take, I won't only take your soul, I'll take your fans and all. That's just, that's that's what I love. I love that shit. And yeah. do it with respect. I yeah. mean, wow. It's just beautiful, isn't it? It really is. And that they were the two main fights of the weekend. I know. Johnson, you wanted to give a bit of a shout to the Lee McGregor Eric Robles fight over the weekend, yeah. where Lee McGregor lost surprisingly. Uh, have a quick little chat to the guys about that that are listening, because I know that it was something you mentioned before we went on there that you wanted to briefly talk about. But it, it was a great fight. It was. It was. I, I did tune into it uh, over the weekend, and I thought I didn't realise McGregor lost until I tuned in and watched it. The, the I think it was the following day or the day after. I didn't watch it live at the time, but. Well, I watched it. I was I was quite shocked to see the result. But then I give credit to his opponent Robles, who who came there and absolutely did what he needed to do to get the win. Oh, I was so impressed with Robles. The the, the he outworked McGregor from the off, literally taking round after round, and you sort of thinking maybe McGregor might come back into this, and and then even then you sort of got to the closing stages, and 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 McGregor had an opportunity where he could have. Um, sort of put his foot down where Robles was sort of sort of nicking. He, he, what he would do is he'd steal the very early sort of 30 seconds of the fight and then right at the end where McGregor was probably doing a better work. This is sort of later on in the fight and McGregor was gradually getting himself back in and then Robles put his foot down. I think he threw like a, 
It's a crazy combination. I can't remember what round it was. He must have threw 30 unanswered punches and, and credit to McGregor when he took them. But um, yeah, he put his foot down in the closing stages and then it was close. It was close. I mean, I think I had I had Rob Lairs up in the end. I think he won it by seven rounds. I I, I think he won seven rounds, I should say. Uh, McGregor won the rest. But there was a time where you're sort of thinking, oh, you know, is it going to go the wrong way? And, and you know, with, with fights in Britain recently, we've had a problem where... You, it tends to side with with the home fighter, and and I was pleased it didn't. I, I felt like maybe there was going to be a, a majority or a split decision coming, and uh, I think to to the judges' credit, I think they got it right. What I would say is though, Lee McGregor again, a bit like Maxi, took the last round off, and if he had have not done that, then it would have been uh, a draw to it. I mean, one fifteen, one fifteen, so it would have been uh, a majority draw in the end. So. Um, Again, it's a shout out to any young fighters out there. You know, if you if you take that last round off thinking you've won it, you know, you never know. The judges, you've got to go out there and do it. Emmanuel Stewart used to say all the time, get the fucking job done in them three minutes, especially that last round. Don't think you've had it won. If it had have been a majority draw, it would have been an absolute robbery because uh, I say robbery, we'd have gone the wrong way. Robelez Robe- deserved it, Sean, absolutely. And uh, yeah, credit to the to the guy. Mexicans don't fuck about, do they? Uh, very rarely you see a Mexican that comes, shows up in Britain and doesn't put on a, a fire performance and uh, he just done what all Mexicans do when they come over here they uh, tend to beat our boys and <laughs> sure. yep that's it I really like to uh, come over here and upset the apple cart indeed <laughs> and that's certainly what happened over the weekend well it was a good weekend we enjoyed the fights we enjoyed the big fight with Inoue just happened yesterday which is why we've done a later than scheduled big fight reaction show for this week but like we've said it's not the only episode we are doing a big fight preview of course for spence versus crawford please make sure you do tune into that also however if you do have any thoughts feelings or opinions on what we've discussed here about maxi hughes cambosis Inoue, fulton jr please do let us know at btr boxing pod on twitter or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and you can find us on the TikTok page as well. Well, that is it for this particular episode. We will be back with Spence versus Crawford Big Fight Preview. And please make sure you check out our Career Profiles podcast. Episodes are rolling out on a weekly basis, again, for the next about five or six weeks. So please make sure you tune into them and look at all the great episodes that are out there. That's it for this episode, Fight Fans, and thank you for listening. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.